Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. We have a very special guest in the studio this morning, longtime Run for God coach, Darren Lewis is here to share with to share his story with us today. Welcome, Darren. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's an honor to be here, Dean. Uh, well, I appreciate it. Um, you've been around the Run for God circles for a long time. Yes, sir. And uh, we, we just Darren's an all around great guy, and you'll you'll hear that today yeah. as we talk. Debatable. <laughs> <laughs> Only in your mind. <laughs> Only in your mind. Have you ever felt like we you were you were moving, but you were getting nowhere? Darren's going to share a story about how sometimes if we stop moving, we don't actually stop moving. We actually go backwards, and uh, it's a great story. Uh, And then have you ever read a short paragraph and you thought, man, there's a lot happening in that little short paragraph? Well, recently I was reading my Bible, and that happened to me, and I'm going to share a little bit about that. So first, this week's broadcast is brought to you by Chastain Concrete. Over 50 years in concrete finishing, and they specialize in commercial concrete finishing. And they have this thing called a S240 laser screed. Now, I'm not sure what that is, but it sounds really official, and it must be like top of the line, and I'm sure these guys know what they're doing. Do you know anything about that? Uh, You're an engineer, so... I have to say, I've never heard of an S240 laser screed process before, but I know the Chastains, uh, and I trust their work, so <laughs> well, there it's you top go. notch. So you can call 706-278-3542 for additional information. If you live in this area, then uh, you can check them out. They will do you a solid, for sure. So we had a Facebook post from this week from Pat Park that I thought was really interesting. And we, he t- was talking about long run lessons, and that's how he titled it. Long run lessons. One, the long run needs to be shaped for the last mile, not the first one. Uh, have I run well if I don't finish well? And then two, today's run, uh, today's run is training toward the goal. It's not the goal. Training is about learning. Not every run is going to be perfect. And he says, I knew I was going to push my envelope today. And as the run got closer, I was less and less excited about it, but I got out and I did it. The t-shirt and shorts but cool, were cool at the, in the beginning. They felt good. Thought my pace was smart, but the data I kept hearing was too fast. I thought I was reining it in, but kept coming in too quick. I knew I had to intentionally slow it down or my body was going to shut it down. After four miles, I was able to settle in at a pace I thought I could hold. But at mile 10 and 11, the wheels started to fall off. Got it home, and the final pace looks good, but I know I need to run a smarter long run. And over the coming months of the training journey, that has to be be a priority. The marathon is run for the 26th mile, not the first mile. Enjoy the journey and finish strong, my friends. That was a great post. Do you like long runs? I have a love-hate relationship with long runs. Um, I love them when they're over, but um, no, no. Um, I, you know, and I can so relate to, to what Pat 
uh, related to in his story. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do have to disagree with him on one point. Uh, he's saying that the 26th mile is the one that counts. Um, every mile counts. <laughs> and they do. So they really do. But I get his point. We, we all want to finish strong, and I've, I've run many long runs where the wheels do come off the bus and yeah. kind of drag yourself across that finish line. I've only had a few long runs I really struggled with toward the end. Mm-hmm. And, and I've had some. I've had some that left me disoriented. They were, they were so bad. But only a few. Most of the time, I really love long runs because it's just – there's something about the first half of a long run that just feels so easy and so flowing and almost like you're not running. And I just – I love that part of the long run, that early part. And then you, you get into the, the painful part, the part that hurts so slowly – that it feels good by the time I get there. At least that's the way I, I interpret long runs. You're so. just not right. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a girl. That's what we love about you, Dean. <laughs> I've got a girl on my team who qualified for the national championships in the marathon. And so this past weekend, we were doing an 18-mile run. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the longest run she'd ever done. And we finished the last two miles in 646 and 647. Um, wow. Now, that's fast. Um, if, if you're out there and you're not sure how fast that is, just just trust me. Um, the old man was having a difficult time staying up with her, and she wasn't even breathing hard. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing how she does. But she's one of those who she's naturally built for the long run. And you can tell uh, she, she's going to run the exact same pace for a 20-mile run that she runs for a three-mile run because that's just she puts it on, I guess, on automatic pilot and wow. it just keeps going. <clears throat> She's very gifted then. Yeah, yeah. And I see a lot of people that run their, their long runs at a much slower pace than they run their short runs. And that means one of two things. Either you're not doing your long runs well or you're running your short runs too fast. It's, it's one or the other. It can't be both. Because your easy pace should be your easy pace. Now, the long, as you get into the long runs, as I mentioned before, they do get more difficult as you go. But you should be able to maintain that pace. And if you can't and you start it out too fast, then your short run shouldn't be that fast either. So that's just a – See, a, and that, that, that's I've struggled with that. Yeah. I really do because I've always looked at the shorter races that you can pace a lot faster because you, you don't have to hold it for you know extended period of time. Mm-hmm. And I've always looked at the long runs as being slower. But maybe it's a relative term, you know, because you're not going to run a, a, a marathon, what you're going to do a 5K pace. Yeah, here's the thing you, you got to think about, though, is when you're training, you're training your body to do a certain thing. You're not training your body to run a faster 5K necessarily mm-hmm. when you're running a shorter run. You're training your body. You're putting your body in, into a state that is making your body better. And the idea behind a long run is you're just doing that, that thing for a longer period of time and exposing your body to a longer exposure of that thing. And so if you're running so fast that you can't keep that pace going, then you're exposing your body to a whole different stimulus than what you intend to, if it's supposed to be an easy run, than you intend to expose your body to. Um, and that's why we, um, when, when I coach, it, I give everybody specific paces to run for every run, mm-hmm. uh, at least a range. Like an easy run, you know, my easy run pace range is typically somewhere between seven minutes and seven forty-five, and I try to keep most of my runs in that in that pace range. Now, occasionally there'll be a recovery day, and I want to run slower, and I'll run slower than that. Some days I feel really good, and I run a little bit faster than that. But for the most part, if you'll go on my Strava account, you'll see that almost all of my runs fall within that that. That uh, window, 
Um, and it doesn't and that's matter. Why, that's why you're the chief running officer, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to come up of at course, some point in time. Of course. So. I appreciate that insight. <laughs> <laughs> so have you have you ever run more than a marathon, or is a marathon the long, your longest that's, run? That's my longest. Okay. That's my okay. longest. Uh, yeah, so do, do you notice a difference when you don't do the longer runs. In other words, even on shorter runs, I notice that I don't run as well on shorter runs if I don't do my long runs. I notice that Wendy is usually a little happier if I don't do my long runs. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy is but Darren's wife, in case you're wondering. My my much better half. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, you married up just like uh, just course. like I did. And, and Mitchell, of course, who's usually here. Mm -hmm. we, we all married up. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I like to refer to it as, as out kicking my coverage by yeah. a long shot. <laughs> <laughs> that is a true story. So, but uh, no, uh, back back to the long run. Um, I have not really my long run these days is probably only eight to ten miles. Mm -hmm. uh, so, from a couch to uh, marathon perspective, I'm 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 right there with the rest of you. I'm mm -hmm. I'm going to be building back up. So, my long runs are typically no more than you know a little over an hour, hour and fifteen minutes. That's not too bad. So though. so it's, but psychologically, I can tell the difference yeah. if I don't get a long run in because yeah. um, to me, um, running is just become just part of. A healthy regimen of of wellness yeah. uh, physically and emotionally uh, as well as spiritually and if that's your main goal then mm -hmm. the long run's not nearly as critical yeah for yeah. sure so do you think long runs get easier or harder as you get older you're kind of in the same yes. boat as me yes yeah. they do yeah <laughs> um, um i mean they get harder you know because we are getting older our bodies you know are not what they were 10 15 20 years ago but we've also got more up here. Mm -hmm. So um, if, as long as you, you put things in perspective and you use your brain and know what you're, you're getting into, I think you can run smarter. So, yeah. so from that perspective, it can be um, a lot easier. Yeah. So that's, that's a good, good perspective. Somebody asked online recently, said, uh, what, what is considered a long run? And so I'd like to say this. Uh, Anything under an hour is not a long run. It's just, it's just not. And I think that you measure a long run based on time, not distance. A lot of people say, well, you know, 10-mile run is a long run. Well, it depends. How long does it take you to run that 10 miles? Because if it, takes you, if it takes you an hour and 45 minutes to run that 10 miles, then it's certainly a long run, for sure. If it takes you an hour and 15 minutes to run that long run, it's not really much of a – it's not as long of a run. So it's, it, it's really dependent on, upon your time and the amount of time that you're out there. So I would say that anything over an hour and 45 minutes is definitely a long run because the studies show that your body does something different after you've been doing – after you've been running for an hour and 45 minutes. So – and if you're in the right zone in, in the pacing that you're running for that hour and 45 minutes, that's where – uh, and that's where things get harder in the in a in a marathon and an hour and forty five minutes seems to be that that fulcrum point. So, just that was free. I won't even charge anybody for that information. Uh, <laughs> and I find um, the way I train now, a lot of times I don't even put a, a distance. Yeah. If 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 I'm ramping up, 
you know, I'll start out, you know, an hour one week, and then the next week it'll be an hour and ten minutes. You know, and try the to build it. Is whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just time on the feet. You know, <laughs> it's, and it's funny you bring that up. I, that, I've done that some with the, some of the teams that I coach, and I'm going to tell you, kids don't want to hear that. Kids do not want to run by time. None. Of, don't tell them to run for 45 minutes. Just tell them to run for six miles because 45 minutes to them is like. They just they don't want to hear it. They do not want to hear time. They want to hear a distance, and it's it's hilarious to the. They to want to get listen. it over with and get on to something. I don't know because if I give them six miles, it's it's still going to be forty five. I'm going to give them a distance. It's going to be the forty five minutes that I was right, going to tell right, them. Right, right, yeah, right. So it's going to be the same thing, but they feel better. It's up here. Yeah. It's up here. And of course, you'll you'll see some of them running around in circles when just as they're getting getting done to make sure their their Garmin gets up to six miles i'm like yeah i'll stop at 5.9 i don't care (laughs) or 6.3 it doesn't matter to me yeah and i'll call it six either way (laughs) so the trivia question from last week was this what is the oldest race in the united states and a lot of people think that the boston marathon is the oldest race in the united states and it depends on how you you look at it a little bit but the boston marathon began on april the 19th of 1897 so it has been around for a very very long time Um, and it was initially organized by the u.s olympic team manager john graham and it was only 24 and a half miles long a lot of people don't realize that the distance for a marathon wasn't set until i want to say it was 1910 or something like that but it was was once the the olympic uh, committee decided we're going to go with 26.2 miles. That's a whole different story, which maybe we'll maybe we'll do a trivia question on why the the distance of the marathon is what it is. It's not what a lot of people think it is. Um, anyway, this race is held, of course, um, on Patriots Day every year, which is the third Monday in April. Um, it's it commemorates the start of the Revolutionary War. Uh, there's about 28,000 people that run in the Boston Marathon. And I've, I've run in the Boston Marathon a few times. It is the most outstanding experience for runners that you can have. Uh, and it's, uh, and I think it's because the entire city of Boston, which is normally not a great place to be, in my opinion, <laughs> um, there's just people up north in general. They're, just, they're so busy and they're so... I don't know. Watch where you're going with this, Dean. Hey, I'm from New Jersey. I was born in New Jersey. I'm a Yankee, too. (laughs) I'm a Yankee. I get it. Transplanted. I get it, but I love people in the South. People in the South just uh, just seem to be friendlier and nicer in general. But in Boston, the week of the marathon, people up there are like people from the South. They become Southerners. They really do. For a day. (laughs) They really do. They really appreciate it, and they pay attention to it, and they... They appreciate what runners are and who they are. Yes, yes. And they understand running. You know, around around here, you tell somebody you, you, you ran a race, it's like, well, then you tell them you, or you tell them you run a marathon, they say, well, what was, what was the distance? You know, was it a 5K? It, it, people don't understand it like they do there. But the oldest race in the United States is the YMCA Turkey Trot 8K, which, is, which goes back to November of 1896. Uh, about five months earlier than Boston, so it's in Buffalo, New York, um, and it's it's still held uh, today. Uh, it started with six runners that ran five miles in downtown Boston back in 1896, um, 
and it was on a it was on dirt roads of course back then uh, and it wasn't run on pavements until the mid 1900s and women didn't compete in that one until 1972 not unlike boston boston it took a long time i, I want to say it was about the same year when the first runners ran at boston mm-hmm. um anyway and there's about 13,000 runners a year. People come from all over the United wow. States to go to this race in, in Buffalo. because I, I never knew that. Yeah. This is yep. new so, information. Now, so. the oldest race in the world, listen to this, is Italy's, and I'm not, I, I know I won't say this right, Palio del Drapo Verde is the world's oldest running race. It was first contested in Verona in the year 1208. That's a little bit older than the uh, turkey trot is. Um, it ran for 590 years before taking a two-century-long break when the French invaded <laughs> Italy in 1798 during the French Revolutionary War. And then they brought it back in 2008 as a 10K. So this is a relatively recent thing that's been brought back that was started way back in 1208. Uh, I that's think that's cool. fantastic. That is really that cool. That is fantastic, yep. Where do you so, come up with this stuff, Dean? <laughs> uh, and uh, here's a, another race that's old. In Scotland, they have the Carnwath Red Hose Race, which is a three-mile event, and it's been held continuously since 1508. It was only interrupted by plague and war. <laughs> I think those are two <laughs> things we can interrupt. I think they're legit, legit reasons to, <laughs> yeah. to, to interrupt a, a race. Yep, yep. So, anyway, very cool. Very cool. Excellent. Yep. Um, and the Guinness Book of World Records currently lists the Red Hose as the oldest road road race in the world. So, have you ever run the same race year after year? Is there uh, one around there's, here? There's there's a few actually. Yeah. Uh, run at the Mill is yeah. actually one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, and I'm so disappointed we're not doing the half marathon this year. Yeah. It is. It is. Uh, it's one of the most beautiful courses run at. I think the best time of the year. Yeah, uh, I've really always enjoyed it, and it was. It was. It had a special meaning to me because that was our graduation race for yeah. my classes. So the timing that you guys had, we, I could I could finish the half and I could still jump in and then run the five k. Yeah. With with my class and, yeah. and give them encouragement. So that was that. That one's always been near and dear to my heart yeah um j fest uh the 5k yeah um which is not going to happen this year uh, is one that i've done a lot and uh peach tree down in atlanta the 10k right on fourth of july um don't ask me why uh when i first moved here uh one of my buddies said you know the peach tree is something you have to experience at least once in your life if you're a runner absolutely um and i went down and i've done it uh 13 straight years so we got even last year uh, yeah. last year i didn't think i was going to make it because of covid uh, and then they had they had looked like they were going to cancel the race and then they they pushed the race out to november and then they converted it to virtual, uh, virtual race and mm-hmm. i'm like you know i'm still i'm just going to do it just yeah. to keep the street going so that's good uh, it's a lot of fun though i've run peachtree about that that number of times but it's not in a row i, I think my first one was 1981 mm-hmm. so uh <laughs> mine have been spread out over a long period of time yeah i've always liked that one um I, there's a there's a race in chattanooga uh the fca fellowship of christian athletes um uh, the guys at front runner put that race on i try to run it every year i've missed a couple um usually it's related to being at a cross-country event for the college or for the high school um that's that's the thing that that's it gets me normally but 
Uh, but well, I that's think Labor I've Day weekend, yeah. typically, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. See, I've I've never done the race, and I, I always tell Chad I want to I want to get in. I want to do this race, but it always seems that we're traveling, we're at family, you know, yeah. during that holiday. So, yep. uh, one of these years, I'll I'll have to lace up with you, Dean. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I love the race. Love that race. I'm sure I'll be looking at your back the entire race. So, <laughs> uh, Well, as always, we are proud to be sponsored by the world's greatest digital music platform, and that's J Radio. Social media? Nope. Grocery store tabloids? Nope. The newspaper? Not usually. The national news? Are you serious? Is there any media source these days that only shares a positive message? A lot of the media we take in each day can be pretty negative. Why not make the decision right now that your music will only be positive? Sign up for an account at jradio.com today and download the app in your app store. With music for every moment and entirely positive Christian message, it'll be nice to hear things going right for a change. All right, we are back, and uh, again, I'm here with Darren Lewis, uh, coach extraordinaire for Run for God for a long time. Please. Uh, (laughs) And again, all around, great guy. I don't care what he says. Uh, Don't forget that you can send messages to me at dean at runforgod.com. If you've got questions, uh, if you've got anything that you want to know about, then you can send those to me. Uh, Sometimes I'm quick to answer them, sometimes not. But I will answer them at some point in time, I promise you. Uh, And if you've got an idea on a topic or something that you think we need to cover, then let me know what that is. Because we want to, this is your club, and we want it to be your club, and we want you to guide the direction that we go. And so when you let me know what you're thinking, uh, then that's, that's fantastic. Uh, if you don't know about us and you just happen to follow this podcast, make sure that you go to runforgod.com or runforgodrunclub.com to learn more about us. And we are about to talk about Darren's story, uh, and we want other people to share their story. So what is your story? Everybody has a story. You can submit your story at runforgod.com or runforgodrunclub.com, and We will discuss your story on air. If you're part of Run Club, then you go straight to the head of the line. And we have had a a, a pretty large number of Run Club folks sharing their story over the past several weeks. And so this is great. And if you want to share it live like Darren is here, then maybe you can do that as well. So so I don't know if you knew before uh, we started talking about this that my brother's name is Darren. I don't know if we ever talked about that before. I did not. Uh, Of course, he spells it different. Okay. Yours is an E, his is an I. Well, my mom got it right. So. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, yeah. I, well, I'm not going to say anything to Mrs. Thompson. So, yeah. um. well, she's, she's, she's gone, and it's probably good because <laughs> she would call you uh, just, to, just to make sure that she sets you straight. Uh, <laughs> now, he looks a lot different than you and I do. Praise but, the Lord. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> have you looked at the two of us lately? Well, yeah. I, it, it depends when, when you say what, what you look like. My brother, let me put it this way, okay? During Christmas time, my brother plays Santa Claus. Okay. He doesn't need any makeup, he doesn't need any padding. Okay. <laughs> That's my brother. My brother's 10 and a half months younger than me. And I always told him I always got, I, I, I look younger than him, even though he's younger than me. So, anyway, uh, he, he he's not a runner, but he is a sports enthusiast. His kids have, have played sports. He umpires baseball a lot, uh, but he's uh, he's a good guy. Um, he's just got different priorities than you and I do. 
So, all right, it is time for Darren to share his story. And his story is called Running Up the Down Escalator of Life. Take it away, Darren. Thank you, Dean. So you wouldn't just wake up one day and decide to run a marathon had you not been training, right? Well, that's exactly what happened to me one day 18 years ago. On the heels of a very poor wellness exam, I surprised my family with a trip to Disney after Christmas. Unbeknownst to me, it was marathon weekend. As I sat on the boardwalk in front of our resort enjoying a nice cup of coffee and a couple of donuts, I noticed all these people with these, these race bibs running past me. I didn't realize it at the time that the course went directly through our resort and was about a mile from the finish line. Most of the people I saw running looked like average folks just like me, um, certainly not ones that looked like Dean. Um, <laughs> it was at that point I felt, I felt very convicted and um, I decided to take up running again after a 20-year hiatus from college. I was going to run the Disney Marathon in 2004, period. So, now all I needed was a plan to work, work the plan, and perhaps a miracle. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly a miracle. So I bought a 12-week Couch to 5K book and started to execute the plan. Perfect. I sure wish you guys had been around back then, (laughs) Dean. (laughs) Well, in May, I completed my first quote-unquote competitive 5K. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I was on my way. So now, I had seven and a half months to get from 3.1 miles to 26.2. No biggie. I bought a marathon book and just needed to execute that plan now. I had three and a half months to build up a strong base to the point I could handle a 10-mile run, and then 16 weeks to formally train for the marathon distance. The only problem... I had no clue what kind of physical, psychological, or spiritual battles I would encounter along that journey. Uh, What I discovered along this journey was I hit several training plateaus along the way. The jumps were pretty big at first as I was building endurance and stamina, but it required a great deal of strength, determination, and perseverance to advance up each subsequent step to the next level. I learned that the sport of running was as much a mental battle as it was physical. I also discovered motion does not always equal progress. It is much like a dog chasing its own tail. A lot of movement, but not necessarily forward movement, but pretty funny to watch. (laughs) So motion with intent, however, make progress. I constantly had to keep my goal in front of me to keep me moving forward. And I realized that with each step in that new plateau, I was at a higher point and I was getting a little closer to that goal. So during this time, I began to realize that there are some parallels between our physical journey and spiritual growth. Just as with spiritual, uh, physical plateaus I would reach, I felt very similar plateaus with my faith. Big jumps initially, followed by smaller ones that required much more effort on my part. I found that in order for me to draw closer to God, 
I had to double down on my prayer time or time in the Word. I did not see this until much later as I took time to reflect back on my journey. I've heard it's easier to see God in the rearview mirror than it is the windshield. How true that is. Mm -hmm. My training was progressing very well. I was nine and a half weeks into my marathon training when it happened. My father died on Thanksgiving Day. I was devastated and I was distraught. I needed to go for a run in the worst way to deal with this tragedy. So I laced up and went out the door. I have no idea how, how far I ran. All I knew, I was gone for well over three hours. That is when my first training injury happened. I tore my meniscus in my right knee. And that wasn't good as the marathon was about six weeks out. So my doctors told me I needed to rehab and advised against me trying to do the marathon. With great resolve, I convinced them to put me on an accelerated rehab program with a couple of cortisone shots and a knee brace to allow me to continue training. I lost about three to four weeks in total training as my training was ramping up and I was never able to get in a, a long run greater than 18 miles. I did have the motivation to complete this goal in memory of my father and I had God providing me the strength to persevere. Race day came and being in the starting corrals was surreal. I recall praying to God for strength and also looking up to my dad for a watchful eye over me during the race. As the race unfolded, my, barely, my feet barely felt as if they were touching the ground, as if someone was lifting me. Thank you, Dad. I realized I had a guardian angel helping me. I ran, prayed, cried, and praised for the entire 26.2 miles. I did it. I finished the race. I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. 2 Timothy 4.7 I learned some very valuable lessons um, through this all. Your life journey, both physical and spiritual, is much like walking up the down escalator. Not only is it hard, but if you stop or you slow down, you go backwards. Be intentional about all elements of your life. Always keep on. Always keep pushing on. Never give up. Wow, that's a great. It's a great story. And it's uh, it's amazing how much of our running lives are tied to us emotionally when we talk about your dad. Um, I I'm know. sorry, I started it. Oh, you're it, good. It's a no. very emotional story when I when I, I even I can, 18 years later, it still gets me. I can imagine. You know, my mother was is gone just a, a little over a year, about a year and a half now, and uh, I still think back to the last time I saw her was at a cross country event. That was the last time I saw her. And so the connections sometimes, uh, my mother was always there for me running. And so when I think running, I, when I get through with a race to this day, I want to call my mother and tell her how I did because that was the, that was the deal. Well, you were chasing her in her car as she was driving That's back <laughs> from the mailboxes, right? <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> See, I remember these things. <laughs> yeah. I can remember things from a while ago. I just can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. <laughs> <laughs> 
but th- you know we hear this all the time in business, right? If if you're if you're not moving forwards, you're moving backwards. If you're not improving and getting keeping up with everybody else, then you're then basically you're moving backwards in in relation to everything else around us. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely applies to our running and our spiritual life as well. If we're not getting fitter through running. Uh, then, then we're wasting away through not running. And I say wasting away. That may be a little bit of a strong term, but we're, we're either getting fitter or we're not getting fitter. And sure, we can, we can replace running with something else. I've, I've always but, heard that it's much easier to stay in shape than it is to get in shape. That's, that's a great, great sentiment and way to put it. Yep. Yep. And, and it works that way with God, too. If we're not working all the time to get closer to God, it's just like we're not running. And we're gonna we're gonna get in worse shape. Well, if we're not talking with God every day, then we're drifting away from Him, and that's just the way that it works. So. Yeah. Scripture verses. One of one, one yeah. of the other key words that I, I really want to emphasize mm-hmm. is the word intentional yeah. in the last sentence of of the story, uh, because it helps to bring focus, clarity, and meaning to a lot of things. You mm-hmm. know, anything in life. You yeah. know, if if you're not going to be intentional about something is your heart really going to be in it and that that's you know in the sport of running it's in the business world it's in your relationship with others uh, especially with god yeah yeah And, and we've talked about on this podcast before about how our intention also has to line up with god's intention in order to be successful uh he has a success plan for us and if we'll follow his plan and his promptings um, that intentionality, uh, along with God's direction, will, will put us in a good place. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith, which is Second Timothy 4.7. We've had that verse as part of this podcast before, and we've talked about it. Uh, it would be great. It will be great if at the end of our lives, like Paul said at the end of his life, he was able to look back at his life and say, I did a good job with what God gave me. Um, yeah, I had a, I had a bad start, <laughs> but but once I got over that hump, once I found my direction, I, I went I went after it as hard as I could, and that's what we all want to do. And you mentioned being intentional; it takes intentionality to do that. Yeah, it? yeah, you know, and and perspective check. Um, when Paul wrote this, think about. Where he was, he was in a in a Roman prison, yeah, and he was about ready to be executed. That's right, and uh, and he was writing this letter. This was the last letter that he wrote. That's right. And he was writing it to Timothy to encourage Timothy, and you want to talk about finishing strong? I don't know of a, a stronger way to finish life than that. Uh, that's the way I I certainly would like to go out. Yeah, Amen. Not 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 wallowing in your own misery but continuing that journey i mean he's he's still ministering to people yes even while yes. on the chopping block yeah i mean he's, that's, he's he's passing the torch that's amazing and he talks about he calls it the good fight um there is such a thing as good war, warfare we, we we look at the the word war is bad it's a bad word right but there is there are things worth fighting for and those things are things that God would have us to fight for. And that's what he's, he's kind of talking about here when he's talking about the good fight. Um, there's a crown of righteousness for all of us. Amen. Um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. 
favorite verse. That's my go-to verse right there. <laughs> yep. Well, we've got to have we got to have Christ in order to be satisfied with our situation. In this case, Paul, of course, is talking about um, being able to be satisfied no matter if he had a lot or if he had a little. And the the verses around this verse, that's what it's talking about. It's talking about how God can give him the the strength to be happy in no no matter what his circumstances were. Just as he was writing letters to Timothy as he was about to be executed, uh, he was finding positivity in his situation and strength in his, in his situation. Um, you know, a lot of people interpret that verse that God will give you superpowers. Yeah, and that's not necessarily the way that's the right. way it happens. Yep. Although, there are times I, I wouldn't mind having a superpower to try to leap over a tall building. <laughs> I think that would be kind of cool, but, but you need to keep that part of it into perspective, too. I think you summed this up really well, Dean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's definitely, definitely that uh, would be good. I think okay. he's given you a superpower, though, to run really fast. <laughs> well, he, he, but see, he gave you engineering. You're, you're, a, you're a fantastic engineer. He gave me running. And which one is more useful? I would say that the engineering is far more useful in today's world. It, it all depends on your circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in the middle of the woods and, and there's a bear, I want to be able to run as fast as I can. <laughs> That's a good point. You just have to be faster than whoever's around you, right? Right, right. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Isaiah forty thirty one. I think we had this verse on last week's podcast. Uh, I know we've had one. It was recent. Uh, and I've always loved this verse. Same here. I Same love here. the picture of it. Very comforting words. Yeah. But again, you, you, if you think about it in perspective, Isaiah... Was was writing this. Uh, this is this is right on the heels of thirty nine chapters, where where they were talking about, you know, Judah, you've got to repent, you've got to repent because they had fallen. Yeah. So, you know, he's beating them and saying, "Look, you guys have got to get your act together." Yeah. And and he comes out of that, and then the twenty seven chapters after this are all about. You know, providing comfort and hope. Yeah, and it's just I, I just I love this verse. Uh, whenever I know somebody's running a marathon, I always post this yeah. scripture to their their um, Facebook page because I think it just is very encouraging. It, it absolutely is the whole idea of things flowing powerfully mm-hmm. and just everything going. That's kind of the picture you get of this is. You think of Elliot Kipchoge. I don't know if you pay attention to the the elite guys, mm-hmm. but you, you watch him run, and it looks so effortless and so flowing and so majestic, and that's what you picture when you hear this verse, or at least I do. Um, and, and, you know, I, I've had those days where, where where it feels like that while you're running. It just it feels like everything is clicking, and it, it's easy, and it it's, it's so awesome when we have days like that. And it, you, you wish everything. I've had like fewer that. of those, Dean, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, uh, some questions: Do you ever feel as if you're moving without advancing? And then the question is, why? I think we've all felt like we were flailing at one time or another, right? This the idea of not not moving forward, just as you described it in here. Um, you know, I can think of times where I'm working on the on a computer. And I'm doing something, and whatever that thing is that I'm working on, and something happens, 
to the computer, the power, something somewhere happens and you lose the work that you've just spent time doing. Uh, you, you know, after a while, you get smarter at saving stuff more often. But uh, <laughs> you, when you do that, um, there's there's a lot of work that went into that. And then you feel like I, I just did all that stuff for nothing. Um, and those are the moments that I think about. It can be frustrating. It can, it be, can frustrating. be frustrating. Yeah. How about those projects that when you looked at them, you knew, oh, I can knock this out in two hours. And then eight or 12 hours later, uh, you, you've. How many of those? Have, yeah. 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 You, you find out a little bit of scope creep. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, how about this when, whenever. When I'm doing videos, for example, if I, when I put together this video here, it, it will take me hours to do that. And then sometimes it takes me hours to do that, and I forget to do one tiny little thing. I forget to click one little button and move one little line, and the whole video is no good. I mean, I, I've ruined the entire video because I forgot to do something that was going to take me two seconds, and now I've got to go back, and fixing it's not a big deal. But then it's going to take another hour to render the video and another hour to upload it. And you just you just spent two hours because you missed two seconds worth of work. <laughs> Talk about going backwards. You know what they say. The devil is in the detail. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say measure twice, cut once. There's that, too. <laughs> uh, injuries. That's another thing that, that sometimes gets in the way. How often do we have injuries that just won't go away? Um, the the people that are most frustrated that I talk to about running it's it's an injury thing it's an it's a it's a plantar fasciitis that I can't get rid of uh, it's a knee pain that just keeps coming back it, those are the things where people feel the most like they're they're running in quicksand Achilles tendonitis for the for the is that student. yours that's, yes. that's, that's yes. your Achilles that was yeah. last year yeah. that, yes yes no <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> Uh, but here's the thing, that even though we don't feel progress in those cases, we're still, we're still getting insight into something, right? I've had plantar fasciitis, and I, I remember having it so bad that it, it lasted me about nine months, and I never stopped running, but it got pretty painful. It got to the point where waking up in the morning, I did not want to put my foot on the floor. And I would get through runs, and I would, but everybody told me all these things I could do for it, and... I tried them all. I mean, I tried everything you could try, and a lot of it didn't work. I tried taking mass amounts of phosphorus to try to heal, because somebody told me that that, that would help heal my plantar fasciitis. It didn't work. Uh, now, it has worked for this other person that told me about it, but it didn't work for me. But I finally- You have a glow about you now, though. I, <laughs> I finally found something that worked, and it was so simple. Uh, and I found out from a friend of mine whose 87-year-old mother <laughs> got rid of her plantar fasciitis. This Seriously. So, so anyway, but that's how I found you out- You tell. This, this Don't so, just leave it hanging now. <laughs> the solution to this problem. <laughs> um, it was basically, uh, without because it's, sh- it's hard to talk about what the tip- to explain without showing you. Okay. But basically what you what you have to do is you have to stretch your arch and do it over and over and over all day long. Um, and in two weeks, it was just about gone after nine months of dealing with it. But here's what I got out of that. I learned a lot of things about plantar fasciitis. And now when somebody asks me about plantar fasciitis, I have a thousand answers for them. 
on things that they can try and things that they can do. It's really useful to me today when somebody else tells me. So we go through these trials, but often the trials are good things. That, that time where we spent spinning our wheels and going backwards, that time that I spent having to re-upload that video was useful. Because guess what didn't happen next time? <laughs> I didn't do that exactly. same thing next time. Exactly. Right? And so I just think there's, there's value in those things. We gain insight. Look in the rearview mirror. You need to take time to reflect on yeah, things. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, question two. Have you ever found yourself feeling like you are stuck? And anybody who says no is not being truthful. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Right? Uh, so and it doesn't matter. I mean, it can be anything in it, life. It can I mean, be. you can get stuck in in relationships spiritually work yep athletically yep um running mm-hmm. i have seen so many people get frustrated with that they get better they get better they get better and then they plateau and they just can't seem to get better past that that this point that they're stuck at and they get so frustrated or you know we're you and i we're getting older and we're getting slower and um that's frustrating right to continue to get to 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 start to get slower after you could run much faster and i know everybody looks at me and they go hey you're not you're not slow well i am if i compare myself to when i was in college to the guy that that just set the uh, georgia state record for the mile <laughs> for the 5k for the five oh for the 5k, 5K yes, and yes. the 8k oh yeah. sorry but, sorry yeah but yeah but yeah uh, i'd hate to think if you were getting faster <laughs> Well, you know, that whole diet thing has gotten me to... Well, you know, that's that's interesting because sometimes the breakthroughs that you have are can be changes to things that you may not even necessarily think would have that great of an impact. Diet, you mm-hmm. know, sleep, mm-hmm. um, maybe just changing the way you train. Um, that is often the case, mm-hmm. very often the case. Uh, something that I'm very cognizant of when I, when I coach my athletes is... I've seen coaches who have a recipe, and they do that same thing year after year, and they basically just take, they, they take out the same training plan they had the year before, and they redo it the next year. I don't do that, and the reason I don't do that is because I want my athletes to get different stimulus. Uh, so we'll, we may be doing something that is kind of angling in the same direction, but it's not exactly the same, and, and oftentimes that's all it takes. It's just a little bit of change to what we're doing. Uh, spiritually, we've all felt further from God at times. Um, but when we feel further from God, it's not because He moved, <laughs> right? Uh, and I, sometimes I think we miss that. We're, we're like, "Where did God go?" Well, God didn't go anywhere. We went. We checked out. <laughs> we checked out. Yeah. Uh, and Paul is 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 talking about being content in all of these situations. And, and I think about that from my perspective in my running. It's okay if I'm getting slower. It's okay. It's, I still I love to compete against people my age, and I like to think I can beat people my age. And so that's, that's my new target. My, my target used to be I want to beat anybody I can possibly beat. Now it's uh, – I remember when people would say to me, well, you know, that kid, he was half your age. Well, when I was 40, I was thinking, well, I don't care. I don't I, – I, I still want to beat him, and I still want to beat him. But now I'm a lot more accepting of. Well, he's 25 years old. Okay, well that's good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, 
spiritually, we all want that mountaintop experience. But in order to get on the mountaintop and to have that mountaintop experience, whether it, and this could be for running, it could be for anything else. Any, apply this to work. Apply this to anything else. If you want to have the mountaintop experience, if you want to be the best at the job that you do, you got to hike up that mountain. You, you, don't, you don't go to the top of the mountain from a helicopter. There's a hike to get up there. And it, it works that way spiritually, too. If we don't spend time with God, we don't spend time talking with Him, we don't spend time in the Bible and learning more and developing a better relationship with Him, we're not going to have the mountaintop experience. That's the way I look at it. Great perspective. Question three. Why do you think the Israelites were constantly moving without making any progress? What do you think? I think there was a few things going on. I think the big thing was is that that there was a level of disobedience. Mm-hmm. I think there was a level of obstinance. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a level of forgetfulness. Um, you know, think about, you know, they had been enslaved in Egypt for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. And look at what God had brought them through, you know. Um, the, the latest being parting of the Red Sea to allow them to escape from Pharaoh and his armies. Yeah. And they, how quickly they forgot yeah. of the miracles of, of God leading them there and leading them through that. Um, they got very impatient yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was focus. A lot had to do with focus. You know, the one that gets me often that, that I don't we don't we think about the parting of the Red Sea and we think about all the miracles and the things that happened in Egypt. We think about all those things. They had food rain down on them <laughs> every day, every day. So the idea that they forgot about these miracles is like it happened this morning. This morning, okay? <laughs> and they got exactly the amount they needed. No more, no less. And they but would he complain was, about it. He was consistent. <laughs> yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. It, that, that's, the, that, that's crazy. I guess if you, you know, live on a diet of pepperoni pizzas every day, you know, eventually you're going get, to get tired of pepperoni pizzas. I guess. Maybe. But, I, I guess. Know. But if it's delivered to my door every day, then I'm good with it. Uh, <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Is it complacency, you know, yeah. and, and, and lack it. of content? Yeah, yeah, and, and that's, that's what it is. We all, want, we all want something different until we get something different is, is the way I always see it. We all want to be able to do this thing or we want to be able to do that thing, and then we get that thing handed to us. And then we're like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. It's like the dog that caught the car. What, what do you do with it when you get it sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. And so if the Israelites had gotten their way, what, what, well, we saw what they did with it when they went into the promised land. They, they still didn't execute all the things that God wanted them to do, right? So, well, and there, you know, you only had two people that stood up. And, yeah. and believed in God. Yeah. And what happened to the rest of the people yeah. that were of that generation? Yep. That's why they were out there so long. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And, and one of your favorites, Joshua, yeah. was there. That's and right. Caleb. That's right. Joshua and Caleb. My son's name is Caleb. My youngest son's cool. name is Caleb because of that. Okay. I, I, love, I love the story of Caleb. 
Yeah, I, I find myself sometimes I complain. I have a terrible memory. I mean, it is it is brutally bad. I mean, it's it, it's yesterday. I'm sitting there. I need to make a phone call to somebody that I talk to regularly. I can't think of their name to look them up in my phone to call them because I can't remember their name. This happens to me regularly. This isn't girls that run on my cross country team that I talk to almost every single day when I'm filling out a roster it'll take me a minute to go through and figure out everybody's name I'm terrible with memory Um, and I can complain that God gave me a poor memory now I've worked really hard on it so it's not this isn't a matter of you just have to work harder at memory I hear people say that all the time that is a load of garbage I have worked hard (laughs) on making my memory better and it probably is a little bit better but I'm never going to be good at it, right? I'm never going to be that person who remembers everybody's name. Uh, uh, um, Mitchell's pastor, Charlie Bridges. That guy is incredible. He can meet you one time and then see you two years down the road and he'll remember your name. It's, it's, it's uncanny. I can't imagine that. But I can complain about not having a good memory or I can appreciate the stuff that he did give me. And that's where I choose to focus myself, focus on what I have, and not what I don't have. And I think what the Israelites were doing in this moment is they were focusing on what they didn't have rather than what they had. Well, and they they looked at, in their minds, when they got their freedom from Egypt, they thought they were going to be moving right into paradise. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I took away from this is, is our plans do not necessarily equal God's plans, nor his timing. Yeah. <laughs> So we need to keep that into perspective, um, you know. And I think you alluded to it earlier about His will in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, that we need we need to be able to look for that, and that's that was part of the teaching and the learnings that He wanted the Israelites to go through before He allowed them to proceed into the, the Promised Land. Yeah. So that dog chasing its tail, yeah. <laughs> kind of funny to watch, but you know, you look at it and. Um, through it all, you know, just know God won't keep you in the wilderness either. That's right. That's right. Exactly. While you are working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We have partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Mitchell, Lane, Holly, me, and others that you hear on the Run Club podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist now at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. Okay, so we're back. And, and while we were taking a break, Darren, Darren reminded me of something. I have a girl that runs on my team who I don't care what happens she is going to find the silver lining. It, it just doesn't, I mean, the worst thing in the world can happen, and she's going to find some way to put a positive spin on it. And you just put a positive spin on my bad memory. So what was that? Absolutely. Uh, Dean, I think you're very harsh on yourself. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that you have a bad memory. I think you have a very good memory, and you've been blessed with a good memory. It just happens to be short. So... <laughs> I love that perspective. Uh And it's so true. That is so true. 
so how's the family? How's your family doing? We're doing really well. Um, yeah. It's been a rough year, I think, for everybody. Yeah. But you know, we're we're still standing. Um, you know, we're thriving, and uh, and life is good. How's the life of an engineer um, with with COVID and stuff going on? It's that- um, made it through the year yeah. uh, I will say right now uh, I am open for work if anybody is hiring um, um, a person oh that's a process engineer um, but I still have a job in, through the middle of this summer at least okay. but the company is uh, uh, going to be moving some operations so doing some right sizing but I mean you know what I'm still very blessed um, God moved me here 17 years ago for a reason, and um, I'm here. I'm still here. Yeah, what? Hey, that's. I'm not going anywhere no, unless it, he wants me to. You know, well, it's God, all. God still has a plan. Absolutely, He's got a plan for us until we breathe our last. Just like we were talking about Paul earlier, mm-hmm. he was in prison and still, still doing his thing. Well, you know, I, I look at it. I don't know what the next chapter brings. But I know who the author is, hey, so I know man. it's going to be good. Hey, so, man, yes, so well yes, put. Yes. Uh, so you've been a run for God coach. I think we talked about that earlier. You've been there eight years. Eight years. This is my eighth year leading a class, and yep. even through all the restrictions of COVID, and we we found ways to still still keep it going. We've done things, um, you know, via that's Zoom. What an engineer does. We work through <laughs> obstacles, you know. Um, it's it's part of that endurance yeah. training that we go through, but yeah. um, but we um, you know we continue to to meet um, virtually, and we you know we finally got back together. There's some restrictions that our our church had. We I've been truly blessed. Uh, Christ United Methodist Church in Chattanooga has has just been a blessing to yeah. to to me. Um, into our community, uh, they have a um, half a mile track behind our church. Oh wow! Which think about it, I'm, we're leading a run for God class, and and you've got this resource available to That's you. Fantastic! Uh, we've had some restrictions around the use of that track, so uh, we we definitely um, have found ways to to accommodate that and um, Roadrunners. Roadrunners Club of America yeah. has RC. some guidelines uh, around you know doing group runs and races. So we've been adhering to those guidelines yeah. all through COVID, and we've we've maintained um, you know getting people together for um, for together runs. Yeah, so it's been great. So do you have a favorite story from one of those classes? Is there somebody there that just sticks out in your mind? Wow, you know I. That's a tough question. That is because there's a bunch of them. I there. know, I know. Every class has been different. Yeah, and everyone has been a blessing in its own way. You know, and I look, I look. You know, some of the greatest feelings and 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 experience that I've had is watching people come across that finish line that didn't think that they could. Yeah, you know, the feelings that I felt when I ran across the finish line in the. Uh, first marathon I did, yeah, pale in comparison to watching them come across the finish line. Yeah. It's been it was it's been such a blessing. Yeah, um, the first class I taught, I had uh, an eight year old and an eighty year old come across that finish line, and <laughs> wouldn't you know, the eighty year old stood on the podium. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> she took she took a third place. It was <laughs> it was awesome. Good but stuff. but I will say I will say this. Um, through it all, 
having the kids in the class they'll say the darnest things yeah you know and and you you want to i remember one class in particular we were we were having a theological debate i can't even remember the topic that we were discussing now but this little eight-year-old girl samantha raises her hand and and i i stopped the debate and i asked samantha what she wanted to say and she goes isn't this all about love dead silence i'm like samantha i think maybe you need to come up here and instruct this class <laughs> but you know it was so beautiful here's yeah. an eight-year-old yeah. bringing perspective into this, this you know and and stuff like that has gone on and has truly blessed yeah. me and i i i pray that the students have gotten a tenth of what i've gotten out of out oh, of leading I've, these classes i've heard from some of them they have uh, all right, it is time for Dean's Thoughts, and that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. And sometimes, you know, we summarize things and we condense them into little bitty bites, uh, but those tiny bites actually have a lot in them. This one is called Short Paragraphs. The 24th chapter of Joshua reviews the history of Israel. One paragraph, verses 8 through 10, covers a time frame of 40 years. That's a lot of time to cover in a few words. We use summaries to describe a lot of things. Cliff's notes are basically a summary of an entire book. When we tell someone our story, we don't go into every detail. For example, we'll decline to include our dental hygiene habits when describing a race to a fellow runner. <laughs> Surely, we brushed our teeth the morning of the race, but we'll leave it out of the story. And there are a bunch of other things that we'll leave out as well. In other words, there are a lot of details that led up to the event, but we don't need to know about them. We have all run into someone uh, that we haven't seen in a long time. Sometimes we notice a big weight loss or they tell us about a big accomplishment. We didn't see everything that happened in between and we don't really think about it too much. But it took a lot of work to lose that weight or to accomplish that thing. Again, we don't know the details, but in this case, some of the missing information definitely contributed to the success. We assume, very often, that things come easy to people. But it is rare that anything worthwhile is easy. I was recently watching a television program where someone was describing how difficult her path was to success. It struck me that what she described was normal struggle. Most successful people struggle to get there. Whether you love him or hate him, Rush Limbaugh was one of the most successful radio personalities of all time. But he was fired from one job after another, leading to a short stint in another industry before going back to radio and ultimately finding that success. But we all think about his success. We don't think about the heartache of being unemployed and the thousands of hours of low-paying work to get there. I've been a pretty successful runner for most of my life, but I struggle from time to time. I remember when I went back to running after taking a long time off and struggling in a major way. I've had to endure injury. There have been days, weeks, even months where it was hard to keep going. In short, I'm normal. But even though it is sometimes important to the story, I don't talk about it much. 
Understand that struggle is normal. It is often a large portion of the story, but it's not the part of the story we need to dwell on. Everyone struggles. You're not special in that regard. If we go back to the example in Joshua, the 40 years that passed in those three verses held many lessons and made, uh, that made Israel who they are today. There are many lessons in the hundreds of miles I have run, and there were refinements made each time Rush Limbaugh was fired from a job. In each case, the struggle has helped to make us all better. And though the Israelites didn't appreciate the time they were in the, de de in the desert, and I haven't enjoyed every eight-mile run I've ever executed. And Rush Limbaugh, I'm sure, didn't enjoy having to move back in with his parents after losing job after job. There were good things happening in each case. No matter how much you think you're struggling today, embrace it. You're getting better, learning lessons, and moving in a positive direction. The Israelites wanted to quit along the way. And Rush Limbaugh almost quit his journey. But they kept going. Don't quit. Don't succumb to the path of least resistance. There is success at the end of the struggle, but you'll never know that if you don't keep pushing forward. If you're out there having a tough time of it, think about the 40 years that went by in one paragraph. Although you may have a lot going on, you may describe it in the future in one paragraph. Because while where you are today is not the destination. Some days, the steps towards your goal are short and sometimes they're long. Just make sure you're working toward your goal each day. Sometimes progress doesn't feel like progress. The Bible very clearly tells us that the Israelites didn't see the value in the daily struggle while they were in the moment. But we know that God works all things for good for those who love Him. And the bottom line, love Him and the rest it's just a short paragraph. <laughs> I didn't have any idea what your story was going to be when I wrote that story. I don't believe it. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I, I, I'm just blown away. <laughs> I, I, used to, I, I used to be surprised at how these stories go together, but never one time have I ever sat down to write one of these Dean's Thought stories with the story that we were going to cover before it on my mind. And uh, it, but these just fit together like hand and glove. Well, and you just asked me, what three days ago, to give you a story. Yeah, and and I think I responded immediately, and and how they fit together. They were both already it's, written by that point. It's yeah, it's a God thing. Yeah, I'm certain of that. It's the way He works. Um, yeah, we we all like people. <laughs> We all like people. We all know people who like to make that one paragraph really long, don't we? Mm -hmm. They want to give every detail mm -hmm. of every... Oh, my goodness. Does that drive you crazy? Some people don't mind that. I'm an engineer. Yeah, so you so, give me the details yeah, and, and the process. Yeah, and land the plane. <laughs> <laughs> and let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, but, you know, in this case, in this story that I'm talking about, in this paragraph that I'm talking about, there is the, the story is there. It's in the book of Exodus, and it's a, it's a much longer story there. Um, but this was a summary. Uh, and I guess my point is, is that in, in the end, when we tell our story, uh, the, it, it, those long periods of time where we suffered aren't always now they might be part of our story and they may be a good portion of the story but they're not the story the story is where we wound up where we ended right 
So, so I think that that may have been considered um, like one of the earlier tweets that that Joshua had, you know, <laughs> getting everything from from uh, forty years into into um, you know one paragraph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, here, here's perspective. The, the bottom line: we can talk about our story all day long, and we can be short or long paragraphs. But if we can't take our story and mold it into God's story and see where it fits in his grand scheme of things, um, doesn't really matter, does it? Not at all. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You. Yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. All right, we're back. And so you took an unconventional route, to say the least, as far as being involved with Run for God and being a coach. Because most people, they found us on the website and they bought some instructor's materials and they looked at them and they became a coach or maybe they talked with one of us, whatever. That's not what happened with you, is it? Do you, do you want to tell that no. story? Well, Again, it's a matter of perspective, Dean, you know? Um, and, you know, the, 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 the funny thing about this is I didn't realize just how, how uh, unconventional this was until years later, That's and right. you guys brought it to my attention. But, um, you know, back in 03, I guess it was, I was looking for ways to get more involved with my church. And, I think that was uh, 2013. But that's okay. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, plus or minus a decade. <laughs> 13. Yes, thank you. Um, um, Wendy, well, you guys were, were advertising an instructor summit. And and I saw this, and I just kept mulling it around. And then, then Wendy, you know, she, she finally just said, look, you're looking for something to do in the church. You love running. You love people. You love God. Look at this. This is laying itself in your lap. So, um, so I approached my church about sponsoring me to go through this instructor summit. And I'm thinking, in my mind, you, the natural sequence of events is go to instructor summit, get get trained up, and then you can take the materials, go back, which I did. Right. I learned a lot from you guys. Yep. Sat through a couple days worth of of lectures and and. Uh, group runs and and um and had some great fellowship made made some really good friends um yeah and um went on my merry way and started up uh, the run for god class at uh, at christ church in 14 and um and i think it was probably about three years later maybe two or three years later we had another summit and i think that's where you guys actually brought up that when I showed up to this summit, you guys were looking at at my name and thinking, "We don't know this guy. We don't know why he's here, but 
hey, he's here. He's paid. He obviously wants to learn about running for God. So, yeah. you know, we, we, we'll, we'll welcome him. Because uh, everybody else that was there was a current instructor. Yes, and it was yes. kind of the whole idea behind the summit was to take people from all over the country who were instructors and, and kind of help them uh, to, to share stories, help each other out. And, and, and in hindsight, we look at it and go, yeah, that makes sense for somebody who wanted to be a coach to come to this summit. And so it worked out great. <laughs> I'm an unconventional kind of guy. You what are. can I say, Dean? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, it worked out in the end. So God wanted me to be there. That's my story. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> uh, unconventional. That's only one of the enduring qualities of Darren Lewis. <laughs> Thank you. Uh so, what, what's your, what's your side job? I mean, you know that job besides run for God. We talked about being an engineer. You yeah. said a process engineer. Uh, yeah, I lead uh, a process engineering group, chemical engineers. Uh, okay. I've been doing this, um, Lord, thirty five years. Wow. Um, so, been here in the uh, Tennessee Valley for seventeen years now. So, and you're from was it Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania originally. Yeah, yes, that's what I thought. Yes. Which part of Pennsylvania? Uh, I grew up in the Wilkes-Barre area yeah. northeast part of the state but lived outside of philadelphia and then lancaster uh county for the last 12 years before i moved here i've been to all those places yeah yeah all amish places. country and as a matter of fact i <clears throat> uh, talk about unconventional i remember when i first got started with run for god and i was going to run a race in bethlehem pennsylvania mm-hmm and i thought well i'm gonna be in bethlehem pennsylvania i wonder if there are any run for god classes going on up there so i went online i looked well, there was. And so I contacted the instructor. And I, 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 I kind of invited myself in with the group. You know, hey, I'm going to be in town if you guys are close by. And I wound up running that, the, the day after the race. I ran my race on Saturday. They had their graduation race on Sunday. So I wound up running their graduation race with them. I wound up speaking in their church that morning on Sunday and going to their Sunday school class and talking. Their Sunday school class was their Run for God group. <laughs> Uh, it was it was a fantastic thing. It was Beth and Keith Roberts. Um, a, a lot of folks, if you've been on the Facebook page and you've been with Run for God, you know who they are. Uh, and so uh, that's how I got to know Beth and Keith Roberts. Cool was uh, was through that. So that was unconventional. Chief, too, wasn't chief it? running officer. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know you have talked about getting faster and wanting to run a faster 5K. So where are you on that journey? That was that was my goal last year. I have. Um, Again, a little bit of an unconventional runner. I, I ran as a novice, you know, when I was younger, and I didn't really pick up running until after I was 42 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when, when I got back into running again and did that first marathon. So um, a sub 25K has been elusive to me. So I set that as a goal for last year, and I had 1959 written as my goal on my mirror and on my whiteboard in my office. And, uh, and I was tracking really well to, to, to do that. I had my target race set up, and then COVID hit. And then races, races got canceled, and, um, and then I sprained my ankle, and then I hurt my Achilles, so it kind of went down no, the chutes. No so so it was it was it was a little rough last year um i still have that as a goal okay but um this year with the couch to marathon um i'm shifting the goals so i'm not as focused on speed this year 
I'm yeah. looking at, you know, what can I do um, to get to the marathon? Yeah. And and I've I've, I've actually set a, a little higher goal, and I've told my class if I can get three people that are going to do the marathon in our class, then and we we're still down at Disney. I'm going to sign up for the Dopey Challenge. All right. So I've thrown that out there. All right. So that would be my 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 newest goal. If you're so. out there and don't know what the Dopey Challenge is, that's where you run the 5K on Thursday. The 10K on Friday, the half marathon on Saturday, and then the marathon on Sunday. That is a, and I, I've looked at that as well, and I would love to do it. I would love to do it just for the fun of it, and uh, it's, uh, I, I think it would be great fun. It's, the problem is, it's very expensive. It's very expensive. Yes, it is. <laughs> you get some pretty cool swag, though. Yeah, they're telling. really proud of those medals. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. Yes. So. Uh, do you watch any track and field on television? You're I do. In track and field season right now. I so. do. Um, not so much track and field, but if there's big races on, you know, like. Um, Berlin Marathon, London Marathon. So did Boston. you get up in the middle of the night and watch London here back? What was it? December, no, November. I think December, it was whatever. November. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't. No. I watched it the next morning. I hate yeah. to say, but it was it was incredible. Um, yeah. I just I, I absolutely love Ryan and Sarah Hall yeah. and what their family stands for and the way that they carry and live out their lives yeah. as as believers as well as elite athletes. Yeah. And to see what Sarah has done at the age of 37 is just incredible. Yeah. And that finish was yeah. amazing. Yes, it you was. know, she was, um, I think she was somewhere around ninth or 10th place at the half marathon oh, point. Yeah. And this woman just methodically just started picking off runner after runner after runner. Yeah. Even, and these were maybe a mile loop. I think they were doing it at, at, at London. It wasn't much more than no, that. I think it was a little no. over that, but yeah. But was, you know, she was uh, she came into the last last lap, and she was in third place. And the, I guess the world champion marathoner. I can't remember the, the lady's last name. Chip Genich or Chip Coat. Chip Coach. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Sarah just dropped the hammer. And she ran the last mile like she was running, you know, a hundred yard sprint and just blew by her with 150 meters to go and took second place. And it was just very inspiring to see what yeah. what she what she did and how she did that. And I, I, I got up in the middle of the night to watch that. And I remember it being I don't know what time it was, four o'clock in the morning, whatever the time was when they when she was actually doing that. And I remember jumping up off the couch as she was getting closer as it was apparent that she had a chance to beat her and and i remember thinking oh my gosh i'm gonna wake debbie up i need to <laughs> i need to calm down a little bit <laughs> uh yeah yeah so so that's you know good. i i i enjoy watching that yeah i've, I've also watched um the breaking two yeah. documentary yeah uh, and that was that was kind of neat to to you know from an engineering perspective to look at mm -hmm. you know some of the biomechanical principles and the training that they put these guys through uh to to optimize their performance and and obviously they had some shoes to uh, so design have you ever tried to these them. shoes on i have not okay i have not well, have you've not. heard my take on the shoes mm -hmm. they're magic yes i mean it's uh it's it's they're huge 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 
All right, so we have a trivia question, as we do every week. All right. And so here's the trivia question, a little bit more about the history of running. I love the history of running, and I like to see people learn about it, so that's why some of these questions are targeted that way. We don't talk about cross-country too much, but it is a great sport. It really is. There has only been one American guy and two American women who have ever won the World Cross-Country Championships. Who are they? Just tell me who they are. Three people. So, uh, and, and go back and, and watch. There's one of the, the, the guy who won it. One year that he won it. It's, it's an inspiring last couple 2K of the race. Just inspiring to watch. If you can find it online, you might want to check that out. It's great. You can send those answers to dean at runforgod.com. Don't send them through Messenger or through anything else. Make sure you send them through email to dean at runforgod.com and include your T-shirt size because if you are the first one to answer this question correctly, then you will get a Run Club box, which includes a Run Club T-shirt and a mug, a sticker, and a book, a devotions book. So... You'll want that prize. If you haven't already gotten that, then you, you're going to want that. So make sure that you answer that question. You never know that you might be the first. Why running is so awesome. We share a reason why running is so awesome every week. And this week, the, the reason why running is so awesome is memories. You know, I communicate with people that I ran with in high school still. Uh, and, you know, that was, gosh, that had to be more than, I don't know, seven or eight years ago. That I was in high school. At least five. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe close to 40. Um, but some of those memories, they never go away. And so I think with running and the sport of running and the things that we do, we have all these memories. We, you, you shared some, some of your memories. Oh, Lord. You know, the, the, the finish of the, my first marathon will <clears throat> ever be etched in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the other other memories that I have too, it's kind of a funny one. Um, I ran the New York City Marathon in in 2011, and uh, and I was chugging along, you know, clipping along at a good good pace. And for those of you that may not know about the New York City Marathon, you run through all five boroughs of New York City. Mm-hmm. So you start out in Staten Island, and then you um, go to uh, Queens. And then you move to Brook, or no, you go to, yeah, Queens, then Brooklyn, then you're into the Bronx, and then you're into Manhattan is where you finish. So I was coming back from the Bronx and heading back um, into the last probably three or four K of the race, and I hit the proverbial wall. All of a sudden, things started to look blurry to me, and I noticed my pace was 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 dropping <clears throat> and and I'm looking off to my left and I see this person in a gorilla suit <laughs> running by me <laughs> and this isn't just a gorilla suit Dean this is a pink gorilla okay <laughs> so this person starts to pull away from me and I'm thinking this am I just delusional at this point you know so my mind starts to process this and uh, we're getting in to be like within 2k of the finish line and I'm like and then my mind shifts to thinking the finish line and I don't want to have my finisher photo anywhere near a pink gorilla you know 
crossing the finish line. <laughs> and then my mind shifted to, I'm not, I'm not going to let a pink gorilla beat me. Are you kidding me? So, so I picked up the pace, and I blew past the pink gorilla, and I finished well ahead of the pink gorilla. I can tell you that. <laughs> and um, it was just it, that. Now that is a memory that, that I will never forget. That is a memory. And and the funny, the funnier thing was um, Wendy bought the photos that you can get yeah and they had videos yeah. uh, associated with it at different time points across the course right and i went back and i looked at those videos to make sure and see if i could find if i was delusional or whether <laughs> and i did see the pink gorilla she, she verified yes Ver- yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's great i will say this i'm not sure that you are running as hard as you could uh because I know there's a lot of times I've been at the end of marathons and crazy things happen, and I'm amazed at the things that I'll go, yeah, whatever. <laughs> when I get to the end of a marathon, like, hey, nothing I can do about it. Sorry. Well, well. Uh, our motivational thought of the week comes from Gabe Grunwald, and, uh, and this was the, the, the quote. It is okay to struggle. It's not okay to give up. And I got this one from you because it's one one of your favorites. Gabe was a um, was was a, a running figure that was very. It was, she was a big deal because of what she went through, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She uh, she uh, we'd like to say she was a cancer survivor, but she did survive a couple rounds of cancer treatment. Yeah. Uh, eventually, she did succumb to. Um, um, liver, I think it was liver or pancreatic cancer. Yeah. But you know she was a battler, and mm-hmm. she just you know even through uh, her treatments, she was out racing. She was a middle distance racer in in college, and right. University of Minnesota. Minnesota, yes. Mm-hmm. And um, um, she's just very very inspiring, and and I learned a little bit more about her actually watching. Um, uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines show, yeah, and and Chip Gaines um, mm-hmm. um, had an inspiration to run a marathon, and Gabe was his coach, yeah, and and it was just a beautiful story, and yeah. that was that was another running running yeah. show that I watched, yeah, um, but you know through that all you, it you can draw a lot of inspiration the way that she carried carried her life and she finished her life, yeah, um, much like. Uh, Paul did. That's a, yeah, that's yeah. a great way. And I, it, again, all these things keep coming together. There is a organization out there called Brave Like Gabe that is re- research money for cancer. Um, that if you want to donate something to Brave Like Gabe, I, you know that's a it's a good cause. She was a um, she was again an inspiration to watch her say yeah i got this cancer thing um but i'm going to keep on going on with my life and that's what she did she did everything she could all the way up until the very end and uh, it was again very inspiring to not wallow in things like we we talked about here a little while ago and the chip and joanna Gaines put on um half marathon and a full marathon in waco texas i believe it's I think it's every april now and yeah. and the proceeds go to that foundation that's fantastic so all right so darren thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come out oh, here and and be part of what we do here and and not just today but since 2013 
being a part of Run for God. And I uh, appreciate you sharing your story. It was a touching story and one that uh, I'm sure a lot of folks will identify with very strongly. Well, so. thank you. I appreciate it. And um, it's truly been an honor. Well, um, thank you for opening up your heart. Now, keep glorifying God in all your running and everything else that you do. May God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.